The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Create a career and a life you love. Welcome to Bring Your Soul to Work with Mo Fall. And a big welcome to everyone. If you're listening live, it's that time of the year. If you're one of my clients, welcome. Thank you for listening. Totally, totally honor your kick-ass journey. I'm going to say some things today on this radio show, clients who are listening that you've heard before, but what great reminders. And I'm going to kick a little bit of ass today. I'm going to talk about how and why and what bringing your soul to work, bringing your soul to life, what it means, how to do it, why it's important, what you're losing out on if you don't do that, and... I'm going to be pushing the envelope out and I'm going to be bold and I've got a few things to say today. So the first part of this show, I am going to be talking about the what and the how and the why. And then the second half, I'm going to talk about some very specific examples of clients and myself and what we specifically have done in our work with our professional women clients to help them lift their souls. Specific examples. You may find yourself in these specific examples. But what I want to start out with is a little kick-ass truth. My breast cancer journey has been brought back in front of me through other women over the past several weeks. And our creator put this universe together that keeps spinning all the planets and having nature do its thing. And sometimes nature is a big, bold buster of our physical environment. But what is true is that the universe keeps spinning. We keep rotating around the sun. Seasons come and go. And there's 100% truth with the sun coming up tomorrow. If you're a client of mine listening live, you know that we're doing a special from darkness to light, walk and run for hope. Because every single day as a human being, you go to bed at night with 100% certainty, okay, maybe sometimes there's 99% that you're going to wake up in the morning, the sun's going to shine and it'll be another day probably don't really doubt that too much. And then when a calamity comes your way, a chaos, a calamity, a catastrophe, confusion, you wonder how to navigate your day. I was talking to a beautiful soul earlier today, and she went through a double mastectomy breast cancer journey just like I did. She went through at the beginning of the year. And it's obvious to me that, and when I was 
experiencing my breast cancer journey, I was thinking the same thing. You want the best doctors, you want the best solution, and you're going to take action quickly because it's cancer. And that scares a lot of us because we feel that we are facing life or death choices. So we want the best doctors, the best hospital. We want nurses who care. We want all of the best to save our life. There might be some psychological reasons why people might bargain with their doctor. Do you have to go through all of that to save my life? Do you have to do that? Do you have to do that? Couldn't we just like cut a little bit of the breast tissue and not the whole thing? Well, we wouldn't get to all the cancer, would we? Oh, right. Could we just do like one week of chemotherapy instead of like 12? Uh, no, that's like pissing in the wind. It's not going to help you. But yet, when you have a drawn out situation, dare I say cancer of the career, you're spending all your time bargaining why it's not that bad. Even though every day you're waking up going, damn, that work again, hate the commute, don't like my coworker, my boss sucks, I don't even like doing this. You feel burnt out and your soul is depleted. What takes over when your soul is depleted is your psychological mechanisms for survival. Psychological. That means they're manufactured by your brain. That means that you can make anything up. So what we usually make up is, well, at least they're paying me. Well, at least I know the people I work with. Well, at least I can uh, take my son to the dentist when I have to, like there's no other job that you could do that with. Bringing your soul back into the equation changes how you feel every single day. If you don't feel awesome every single day, or let's say maybe two days in a row, okay, we'll give you one day to feel not awesome. If you don't feel awesome on the regular, you have a cancer of your soul and it's affecting everything in your life. You are downplaying and accepting less. Earlier today, I did a Facebook Live on the someday people and the now people. When you have cancer, you become a now person, even if you've been a someday person most of your life. You become a now person because you know you have to do something. You are pushed to the edge. Everything I have in my 12-week transformational kick-ass workshop is created, was created, by my journey, by my experience of bringing myself back from the brink. When you look at death in the face, you got to get real. There's no someday business going on out there. Your psychological mechanisms are not enough to convince you otherwise. When you have breast cancer, you're going to go take care of it. Now, maybe your psychological mechanisms would override that. Perhaps there are people on this planet who would ignore it, not want to deal with it, and allow their body to be overtaken by cancer. I'm sure that that's happened at least once. 
And the someday people who put off having a mammogram because they don't really want to know. They don't want to go through their breasts getting squeezed in a mammogram machine. I don't want to go through that. It hurts and wait in line and sit in a waiting room and be all cold and stuff. No, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to be inconvenienced. That's a psychological mechanism. And that turns you into a someday person. And that turns you into a person who is booking your future on fear. You can figure out where that gets you. If you book your future on expansion and your soul's energy and being awesome, you're going to do what it takes. Look, I never expected breast cancer. I was a runner. As a matter of fact, I was training for a marathon with my little sister who had just lost a lot of weight by running and exercising and eating well and she was really, really rocking it, and she asked me to run a marathon with her. And I said, yeah. I didn't say someday. I said, yeah. If I would have said someday, we wouldn't have had that. If I would have said someday, I wouldn't have had that awesome experience right before I had to go under the knife. And she and I wouldn't have that beautiful memory. For most of my life, I've pretty much been a now person. I've been an action taker. I've been someone who moves forward. Earlier in my career, in my 20s, and I remember this distinctly, I convinced myself that not taking action was always going to be more painful. I sat down and had a talk with myself because I found myself procrastinating a little bit at work, not having the tough conversations, not completing assignments I was unsure about, not knowing how to get the right guidance or support from others. I sort of pushed things to the side. Now, I'm in my 20s still learning life and learning who I am and what's going on. And one of my bosses at the time said to me, you're really smart and you're really good. Why do you put off some stuff? like, I don't know. I don't know. And I didn't know. But I now know. I was afraid of failure. I was afraid of embarrassment of doing it the wrong way. I didn't want to admit I didn't know things. Psychological mechanisms. And I had a talk with myself. And I remember it. I remember it very vividly. I said, Mo, If you're going to be successful in this world, you got to get your shit together. And you know what? Not doing stuff is way worse than doing stuff. If you look at all the regrets that all people who are at their last few days of living look like, all the regrets are about not doing. All of them are about not doing. No one sits in their last days regretting that they did take action on something. All right, maybe if they pulled the trigger on someone or did something horrible, perhaps most of our regrets in life are not doing. So if you live a someday lifestyle, you're going to have massive regrets. And you know what? Your soul is already dying if you're living someday. 
because the psychological mechanisms that you have to convince yourself about to be okay with the some days, that psychological uh, apparatus is crushing your soul, crushing. You know how heavy all of your defense mechanisms and limiting beliefs are to your soul? Your soul is saying, all right, I give up. I can't be awesome anymore, and I can't keep trying to whisper to you to take action and do something different. These people are treating you like crap. You're not at the right job. You're way underplaying yourself. And yet, the defense mechanisms persist. Mm. If we humans could get out of our own way, if we humans could stop creating reasons why it's okay to be suffering and struggling, your creator never intended a day for you to be suffering or struggling. But the human experience is actually to move through it and to learn from it so that you can become a brighter soul. That's how it works. You go to the gym, you lift a heavier weight to get stronger. You don't keep lifting the five pound weights that you've been doing for 20 years. That does nothing. When I was training for the marathon, I didn't run five miles every day. I ran five miles some days. I ran seven miles some days. I ran nine miles. On the weekends, we did our long run, gradually building up. Did I love every long run? No. But I was going after a goal and a memory and an experience to have for a lifetime. Every single mile I put into training was creating an investment in my future health, life, memories, experiences, ultimately making me a better version of me. Every mile of training made me a better version of me. Every time you step into your truth, it's a better version of you. Every mile you run in your life, when you are taking it to be better, is the best investment you can make. If you decide to live on the sidelines or back off because you've gotten injured or hurt, you're the one creating that lesser than. You're the one doing that. Yeah, but Mo, you don't understand. I had a toxic boss once. You don't understand. I had a bad childhood. You don't understand. I got a master's degree from a school that people don't really like think that's all that. You don't understand. No one ever taught me how to do this. You don't understand. I understand it all. I got fired. I had toxic bosses. I was sexually harassed in my career. I was passed over for promotions. I would speak up in meetings and be told to shut up. I do understand. And my day of reckoning was my breast cancer journey, and I got deeper into my soul and into my truth. I had been carrying with me such anger that I was being treated less than because I was a woman at work. And as a nurse, which I started my career at, as a nurse in healthcare, you're always less than. The doctors are always the ones on top. Always feeling like a second rate. That doesn't feel good to a soul. So if you're feeling second rate or third or fourth or count the number down, you are not serving your soul. And it is hurting you as much as cancer will hurt your body. The unfortunate thing is your psychological mechanisms are telling a different story. Your psychology is convincing you it's okay. It's like the devil keeping you away from the party of your soul. 
that someday things are going to be different. Someday I'll do it. Since we're talking about the breast cancer situation, I do want to say, please don't make your mammogram a someday event. If you haven't had a mammogram in the last 12 months, book it. Call the hospital or the diagnostic center today. Book your mammogram. But Mo, I don't know if my insurance will cover it. I don't know. Well, check it out. Be a big girl and pull those pants up and schedule it. Figure that shit out. I found my breast cancer by a preventative mammography that was about four months late. My partner said, when are you going to do that? When are you going to do that? Oh, I know, I know, I know, I know. Finally scheduled it. And I actually had that mammogram the same day I got fired from a job. Yeah. It was a pretty brutal day. I was fired at a Starbucks. I knew it was coming for a couple of weeks just because of the dynamics and I was the CEO of a big physician group in Miami at the time and our attorney and the board of directors guy were kind of like talking about stuff and meeting at a Starbucks, neutral area, not the office. I knew things were going down. So I had that meeting, knew things were going down, and I was able to schedule my mammogram the same morning. Meet at Starbucks. It was sort of awkward. The attorney of our who we hired to do some legal affairs for our company uh he and i were sitting there sort of awkwardly for the first five minutes kind of talking about life both knowing what was going to happen and then when the board chair came uh he was the guy delivering the bad news and um i knew that this was happening so i had my partner meet me in the parking lot afterwards just for some moral support and i gotta tell you the mammogram and sort of my intuition there and the getting fired and all of that was an emotional heavy heavy toll for that day and I remember walking toward my car where my partner was waiting for me and my knees literally felt like they were going to buckle and it's a pretty shitty feeling to get fired and I knew that there was something I was going to have to do about the mammogram and I didn't really know what the future looked like at that moment But that journey that started that day took me to a place in my soul that I am 100% happy I got to. I'm 100% happy to have taken that journey. It was a journey of now, 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 now. It was not a journey of someday. Although I did tell the breast surgeon... I said to her, look, I've got a marathon I'm running with my sister at the end of October, which was about two months uh, away from the time I met with her. And I said, I'd really like to run that marathon before I undergo all of this stuff because we've been training for months and it's the highlight of her year and I I, got to do that. She said, no problem. We'll schedule the uh, double mastectomy uh, about 10 days afterwards. And that's what we did. So... I was able to still fulfill obligations, not be overcome or overwhelmed with what was happening, but to navigate it. And that began my ability to look inside myself for what was important and the steps and the conviction to stay with what's important. This is our soul guiding us. 
Not what we think is important, but what is truly important. And I know in working with thousands of women over the years and with my career as well, what is true is that when your soul is guiding you, you do not get knocked off kilter by external events. I spoke to a woman uh, earlier today who had a great run at her career for 15 years with this great boss, and then that boss retired. And then she didn't have such a great run. And I said to her, let me be honest, if your career is propped up by a great boss, that's wonderful, but it's also not good. Your career cannot be dependent on a boss. You have to be the one navigating and lifting yourself up. It's great to have a boss who's awesome. Don't get me wrong. It's great. But it can't be the difference maker. And when it is, you know that you've got more work to do to lift yourself up in your power so that your career is not boss dependent. So your soul is in a contraption of your psychological mechanisms. And when you release those psychological mechanisms, your soul has room to grow, air to breathe, a place to expand, and you begin then to understand who you are at the truth of your beingness, of your essence. Today, I am very grateful to be motivated, enthusiastic, and excited, no matter what's going on, because my soul is the biggest part of me. My soul is the biggest part of who I am in the world. And thank goodness, because I'm directing other souls to get bigger. If I didn't have that, if I didn't have the training ground, the miles I put in, if you will, of building my soul up, I wouldn't be able to navigate the trip for others. If your soul is hurting, if you're not where you want to be in your career, if you're feeling depleted, pushed aside, if you feel that Every single day you're on the verge of quitting, getting fired, uh, wanting out, knowing that you should do something different, but you just don't know how. How about if you have a conversation with our team? How about if you spend an hour with an expert? Mofall.com slash live clarity. If you want to know more about my work and what we do and the ways that we help our gals through our 12-week transformational process, you can very easily go to my master class and I'll tell you the five shifts that we help our clients make to bring their souls to work, to land their dream jobs. I'll tell you every single step we take our clients through and that's mofall.com slash masterclass. Those two links are your get out of jail card. Those two links will help you see what this route can be for you in a new way. In a whole different way. Your psychological mechanisms that you are using to defend your position, to create limiting beliefs about what's possible for you, that psychological mechanism is holding your soul hostage. And you're like, Mo, well, if our soul is such a divine peace, why is that that way? Because that's how we're made as physical human beings on the planet. Our psychological mechanisms and our nervous system can override all the great awesome parts of us. And it's up to us to learn how to master 
those mechanisms and that nervous system so that we aren't dependent on that. Our ability to be awesome at the soul level and to override in a way that is powerful and graceful and beautiful and wonderful, overriding the psychological mechanisms, overriding the nervous system, those pieces of your self-mastery are important for your soul's thriving. If you do not get that right, your soul cannot be let out of the cage. You will stay in the cage. You will convince yourself of something less. And how many women I talk to on Clarity Calls tell me that they are considering getting into a lesser position because they just can't work any harder or do any more. And I say those higher positions don't require working harder and doing more. They require you being more. If you go from director to VP, you don't do more work. You don't get smarter in your profession. You go up the ladder because of who you are. I was in the C-suite two different times in my career, not because I was the smartest healthcare executive, but because I knew how to lead. I knew how to play in the arena of leadership and getting my teams rallied around stuff. The second half of the show, I'm going to talk to you about exactly how we do this with our clients, what to activate, what you need to do first, very practical tools and some examples from our clients. I'm actually fresh off of a wonderful coaching session with some of our top tier gals in my executive circle from last night and the way they're living their lives, the way that they're asking questions in that coaching circle and what they're all about in the world is nothing short of inspiring. So I'm going to share what that looks like because you may not understand or know because you may not have been experienced or exposed to it, I'm going to show you and talk to you at the second half of the show what it's like to be a part of living that way. This is Coach Mo, mofall.com slash masterclass for my five shifts on what we take our women through in our 12 weeks or booking a complimentary clarity call at mofall.com slash live clarity. We'll see you at the second half of the show for exactly how to do it. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Love your work and your life. This is Bring Your Soul to Work with Mo Fall. And today we are talking about exactly how to bring your soul to work. We're talking exactly how your soul gets entrapped in a, in a, in a constraint, how your soul becomes the victim of your psychological mechanisms of survival. When we are in a situation in our life where we are required to 
deal with it. We are using a psychological mechanism called a defense mechanism that eventually turns into a belief structure that then permanently, although it's movable, it permanently damages the vibrancy of our soul. I've been talking about this in the context as well of my breast cancer journey and being reminded of so many clients who are going through their breast cancer journey, uh, who have gone through it in the past, who have had other cancers and other traumatic events that they have broken through some of their less than limiting beliefs. When we have the opportunity to break free from one of those constraints, it is a beautiful freeing thing. And the way the universe is put together, if we don't take the lesson early, we're going to have one of these events happen to us that are going to cause us to have to break free. This is how it's put together. I see it all the time. I've experienced it in my own life. I see it with with my kids, friends, and most importantly with clients who I actually guide through this process. I came into this through my own journey years ago. And I created everything that we're using in our 12-week transformational workshop to help lift women's souls so they can have their dream job and dream life. Because I learned some deeply impactful things years ago And when I came back from my breast cancer journey, I was a different leader. I was a different executive altogether. I was being me in a way that I had never been before because I didn't think that I had the permission to be me. I had been living my entire life according to a plan, according to a script, according to what I thought was necessary As a young girl graduating from high school and wanting to pursue something in the sciences or something that was going to be intellectually stimulating, I chose nursing. I chose nursing partly because it was a comfort zone. My mother was a nurse. It felt right, and I thought I could do so many different things with it. I wasn't as bright as my fellow students who were going to medical school or law school. So I thought that was sort of my route. I'll make the most of that. And, you know, as a 17, 18-year-old making those decisions, we, we don't really know what we're doing. But it was a track that took me along into healthcare, helping cardiac patients, heart transplant patients, ICU patients with their cardiac diseases, surgeries. Some were merely being kept alive by machines until a new heart could come or until they recovered from a heart attack they had in open heart surgery or whatever the case might be. I worked at a very high-level university center. When we are faced with a life-or-death situation, we want the best care. We want the best route. We want to be assured that we're going to get out of this. Again, and yet when we're in our career and we're not surviving we're not thriving we basically have cancer of the career we're sort of like oh well oh well and I really want to emphasize this point that is a psychological defense mechanism for survival your neurology your 
your your nervous system and your psychology are coming together to defend your position to try to get you out of pain but what happens is it puts you into suffer it puts you into struggle so here's the first thing to do you got to relax your nervous system you got to come down off of that fight flight freeze mechanism your adrenal glands have had enough they've been pushing out cortisol and adrenaline for a long time it has affected how your brain works it has affected how all of your organs in your body works it has affected your sleep and if you do it long enough it will bring early onset diabetes it will bring high blood pressure it will bring autoimmune diseases it will trigger your genetic profile because it literally cuts off the telomeres that are part of your DNA structure. This level of stress, chronic stress, will do damage to your body. I don't know what causes breast cancer in every single person. I don't know what it ca- what caused it in me. But I will say this, there is no way in the world that the stress and the internal dialogue wasn't a part of it. So we heal. But we go through the threshold of that journey with a little bit of fear and a whole lot of hope. So when you relax your nervous system, it's literally changing how your nervous system is acting. So your nervous system has two parts to it. One is called the parasympathetic and one is called the sympathetic. The parasympathetic nervous system is when your nervous system is spitting out good feeling neurotransmitters. The sympathetic nervous system was when your nervous system is spitting out the stress stuff, which starts with the stuff that your adrenaline, adrenal glands push out, which is adrenaline and cortisol. And then it tells the brain you're not safe. When it tells the brain you're not safe, certain mechanisms happen in your brain and all of a sudden, you are protecting yourself from fear. And now a whole cascade of psychological mechanisms happen because now you've got to deal with the fear. At a primitive level, you would be punching someone, you'd be running away from them, or you'd be playing dead so they wouldn't attack you. Haven't we all had dreams like this? Right? You have dreams like this that are playing out the mechanisms that are going on in your body. After a while, this becomes sort of a permanent state. It becomes sort of like your personality. It becomes embedded in your nervous system. So many women we work with, when they finally get out of this pattern, they say to us in the coaching sessions, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I feel right or not. Like, I'm not stressed out all the time. I'm not sure who I am. Now they feel better, so they're happy about it, but it's redefining the identity of you when you're not a stressed out maniac. And you're trying to cover it up by being nice. You're trying to cover it up by being proper. You begin to cover it up by a perfectionist tendency. You begin to cover it up by working harder. You begin to cover it up by rationalizing it's not that bad. My boss only yells on days that begin with the end with a Y. You begin rationalizing and your nervous system is cranking it up 
So how do we soothe the nervous system while the defense mechanisms are in place? We do a lot of fun things like over drinking and overeating, like binge watching, over shopping. Some people over exercise. I used to be one of those. I'm no longer an over exerciser. There is goodness in almost anything that we could do for fun and relaxation. But when it's overdone to soothe a nervous system that is wreaking havoc on our body, it takes us in the wrong direction. And soon enough, the soul is so dim, it's no longer even participating. Our clients tell us they've felt, they feel better than they've felt since they were in their 20s. Some have never felt as good as we help them get to by relaxing their nervous system, by helping them understand how their body and soul work together, and by bringing their soul back to life. That essence of who you are, when she comes back to life, you feel so good. And then when you live that way, from that truth, it feels so good. It feels so good to live in the vibrancy of your soul and to have your nervous system come down and calm down. To have the defense mechanisms and limiting beliefs come down and calm down and have your soul take over the dominant energy within. This is about as simple as I can make this transition and transformation for you. We know exactly what we're doing when we help women who are burnt out, passed over, quit, got fired, marginalized, told to shut up in meetings, all the things I had. When we help our clients move from that position into their soul's power, strength, and truth, they're able to do amazing things in their lives and at work. The other thing that happens that cannot be overemphasized is that when you start feeling better about yourself, you're changing your vibrational imprint in the quantum field. You are literally shifting your attractor pattern from being low and negative where people will treat you poorly to being high and positive, confident, and people will treat you that way. When you are vibrating at whatever truth level you're feeling right now, you're putting that vibrational pattern out there, and that is the magnetizing force of what will come into your life. So many people have the law of attraction a bit wrong, and the whole point of this is wherever you're hanging out internally with your emotions, sense of self, and excitement for who you are. If you're living there, you're bringing that to your life. If you're living in a purgatory of self-destructive talk, of negative experiences, of living less than, that's going to be your attractor pattern. There's no one who yells at someone if they're feeling awesome about themselves. That's like a fly. One of our great, wonderful, awesome clients last night told me an example. She's new, roughly new on a, on a new job. It, it's her third awesome kick-ass job since we've been working together. 
She continues to up-level like just awesome. So she's leading a crew of 17 on a, on a company meeting. She has everything organized. This woman's bright, very capable, totally in her awesomeness. And someone in the meeting starts poking at her, throwing a rock, if you will. She knows exactly how to handle it. Zips it. Zip, off to the side. When she was expressing how she felt leading that meeting and how that person wasn't going to even touch her. I was beaming with satisfaction and happiness having seen her make this beautiful trajectory from years ago being overworked, beaten down, burnt out and unsure of her fate and her future. Unsure of whether she'd be able to be the, the mom that she needed to be for her three kids. She's thriving. She's owning her power and her truth. And the little natty people who were going to be negative just bounce right off. No big deal. She's in a beautiful, thriving relationship. She's a powerful, awesome, inspiring mother. And it's because she has brought her soul to such a level of thriving and power and beaming essence that she is impermeable to the outside world who would be either naysayers or just whatever. And she is attracting into her life beautiful, awesome experiences and expression of herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's awesome. When your soul comes to life and you know exactly who you are, when your soul comes to life and you stop living from fear, your life will be amazing. Now you may think, Mo, great words. That sounds awesome for those people. They're probably smarter than me. They probably have more degrees than me. They probably, they probably, they probably. That's your defense mechanism speaking. Don't let the rationalization of why you're not there win out. Don't let the someday attitude bring you into this comparison analysis. You too can be playing at an awesome level. You too can be thriving at the soul level and then change your entire life. And by the way, that woman I just described for you, she's probably making over $100,000 more a year than she was when we first started working together. If she works another 20 years, which she might, can you do that math? 20 years, over 100000 more, $2 million. Now, if I told you you had $2 million at risk, and if you made this decision, you'd be having a $2 million payday, what would you do for that? And you're going to be like, well, no, money's not everything. Right. But when you have enough money to have a satisfying life, 
you're going to be able to be able to bring your soul up and up. And then you're going to be able to spend the time to do the things that are necessary for you to continue to having a soul thriving life. And it's going to be much more fun. If you say, when you hear of someone making more money, when you hear the word millions, when you hear someone making $300,000, $400,000 a year, if the first thing you say is not, it's not about the money, you got a money problem. Money is just a measure. Mofall.com slash give me clarity will get you booked on the same exact call that that woman, my client, booked three, maybe it was four years ago. Mofall.com slash give me clarity. I want to read a quote from a book that I'm reading. Hang on. When I was a bit younger, I read uh, a book by Gal Sheehy. She was a uh, New York Times uh, columnist, and she wrote uh, a book called Passages. She's written on midlife crises and sort of like how we navigate the world as human beings and the stages we go through. Brilliant quote. Write this one down and put it on your bathroom mirror, okay? Growth demands a temporary Surrender of security. Growth demands a temporary surrender of security. Mic drop. Every woman we have worked with has agreed to suspend her sense of security a psychological defense mechanism, in order to grow. No one has come into working with me and my team understanding everything they're going to go through, understanding all the process we have, understanding all the lessons in every single homework assignment and how every coaching call will go. They don't know that, and I don't know it either. I know the, the steps they're going to go through because I developed it and I created it, I know exactly what their structure is going to be, but the security of knowing every little detail is not there. Because when Nadia comes into the workshop and Joanna comes in the workshop and Alexandra comes in the workshop and Patricia comes in the workshop, they all have a different experience. And they all surrendered their security of their defense mechanisms, their victimizations, their why is the world so rough for me. They suspended that security, and that's not too secure, but that's where they're hanging out. They decided that growth was more important. They decided that now was the day. They decided that the pain of living the way they were living was too great to sustain and it broke down it toppled that mechanism holding their soul hostage and when you say yes I'm going to collapse some of what I perceive to be security the lies I'm telling myself the stories I'm telling myself the victimization the fact that I'm pointing the finger at everyone else I'm going to stop that 
because that feels real secure. Blaming everyone else feels really secure. Your psychology loves that. But when you decide that growth is more important and that there's some bit of your soul that is speaking to you, come on, there's something more here. Stop the cage. When you let that voice speak to you, when you let the soul in and you make a decision that now it's got to change, It will. But when you say, you know, someday, someday I'll have the time. Someday it'll be okay. Someday this and someday that. You're keeping your soul in a cage. You're keeping your psychological mechanisms running your life. We had another client who had lost her job. And it was through the COVID time. And so she was like, well, that's, that's what happened. And that's the way it is. And okay. And she came across one of my Facebook ads. She watched my webinar. Again, that's mofall.com slash masterclass. And something spoke to her. She said, you know, Mo, I've been praying for a divine intervention. I've been praying to see something or something that I, that I have to be guided toward to, to fix this. I want to work again but I don't want to have the same type of experience or jobs and just do work and, and feel that I want to have something that's thrilling and exciting. And she's in the finance sector. And I did her clarity call. And at the end of that clarity call, she had a decision to make now or someday. She chose now. She chose now. Because she realized if she doesn't take care of this, her life is going to be a series of replications of it. Over and over, the same defense mechanisms, the same stories she's telling herself will continue to be repeated over and over and over. That's the way it works. The only way to change your life is to change the psychological illusion that you're putting around your soul. So if that illusion now shifts to, I'm awesome, I know exactly how to be at the next highest level. I know exactly what I bring to the table. I know exactly who I am. And when I'm feeling that it's necessary for me to speak up, I know my truth. I know I'm going to say the right thing. I know I'm going to be in divine ordinance with what I have to say. As a finance person, that's really important because if you say the wrong thing in the wrong meeting, you sort of lose credibility. As a marketing person, it's important. As a tech professional, it's important. As an engineer, it's important. No matter what your profession is, if you don't feel awesome about yourself, you are suffering. Your soul is suffering and your career is suffering. This particular woman in the finance industry landed a dream job, making over six figures more. And you know what? She had some tough, tough stuff to navigate with that new job. She did. And that will happen. But guess what? She knew exactly how to navigate it. And she had coaches and experts on her side. What would it be like for you to have a life and a career where you never had to guess ever again? You didn't have to guess the right move. You didn't have to guess what was right for you. That you knew your soul so much 
and it was so powerful that you were always able to channel your divine intelligence. How would that be? How would that be to live in that level of truth? And I see it every single day. How about our grad Jennifer uh, in a new big job, the level of job she desired after losing her job last year as well. She wanted to be VP. Okay, let's get to it. She had an over 20-year career. She had stalled out at the director level. There's a different way to be when you're a VP versus a director. Not everyone knows that. And when your soul is so shut down from pretty much plateauing, your soul doesn't even know how to shine at the next level. So that's what we do. We fix that too. Now she's thriving in a VP level. She had her year-end one-on-one with her boss. She got a raise and she got more stock options. She would have never dreamt that possible. Her soul allowed that to happen. The fact that her soul was released and structured in such a way that she was able to execute in the real world. This is MoFall.com. Find out how we do what we do. MoFall.com slash masterclass. And you may be one of my top-notch clients that I'll talk about and brag about as well. If you would like to book a call with my team and get started right away, it's MoFall.com slash give me clarity so you can have the life of your dreams. CoachMoFall.com. This is Coach Mo. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hi, I'm Jane Asher, and I believe, and from what I've been shown, that when our loved ones die, they don't really leave. They just slip into the next room. On my podcast, I explore the bigger picture surrounding life on Earth, and what follows when we do die. I speak with authors, friends, transition specialists, and other experts about every facet of death, dying, grief, hospice care, cultural traditions, and also our beliefs about that final journey and what we may end up facing. Please join me on The Next Room on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.